You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The show where we do some interesting interviews with some interesting guests. Today, my guest is Mr. Eric Morris. How are you doing today, Eric? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing pretty well, actually. Um, so, you know, this is just a, a little Q&A kind of interview show. Um, hopefully, you can tell us some good stories and, you know, little gems of knowledge, if you will. Um <laughs> So I guess we can start out with the way I always do. And um, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of you don't need to give us a whole resume list or anything. But what are some good highlights of things that you've done with your career? Highlights of things I've done with my career. Well, you know, one of the biggest highlights that I've had in recent times is uh I, I got, uh, I was a character in a movie, a feature film that shot up in the North Georgia mountains. And, um, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to blank the name of this, uh, this, <laughs> this production, but it's on my IMDb. I'm sorry. I just, I cannot remember the name of it, but, uh, I had just a supporting role. I play a kind of an angry neighbor, gives the main character a hard time. Oh, wow. Uh, but I was there on set with a couple other people and this other older gentleman, uh, that, played the character of my neighbor. She, uh, he, he was her father. So, and we and him kind of square off. We have words. Okay. That's what the scene was about. And, um, but anyways, in passing, I got to talking with the gentleman who was playing this role and he's from uh, Los Angeles. And we, uh, just more, we talked, he just in passing kind of, you know, I, I was, talking about some old movies and somehow the, the, uh, the, the, the movie Pulp Fiction, uh, from, you mm-hmm. know, the Pulp Fiction movie from a, the popular one. Right. Right. It's, uh, it came up and he played a character in that one of the most legendary scenes in that movie, the uh, pawn shop scene, you know, when they go down in the basement, there's the gimp in the box with the red ball and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he played the pawn shop owner. Oh, wow. And, well, I was like, for real? Wow. You know, I, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And here's why. I mean, yeah, that scene is legendary. And, you know, everybody knows the scene about the gimp in the box and the red ball and all that stuff. You know, it, it's a very popular scene. And it's not just that. What really is important to me, back when that movie first came out, I had a, my, my best buddy. His name was David. Uh, he had passed away back in 2010. I believe it was. He actually got sick with cancer, and he did just couldn't make it. Oh, but uh, yeah, man, he's a good guy. But when we were younger, um, that movie we used to always joke all the time about that scene after it came out. And my buddy, you have to understand, he was a very funny guy. He was—I mean, he was a natural comedian. And I, if he was still alive today, I have no doubt that he would be on the stage somewhere putting up comedy, uh, you know, shows and, and doing well. Yeah, he was a naturally funny you could be having the worst day of your life and call this guy and it, it all of a sudden seemed like it didn't matter you know <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so he used to always make fun of the character that Dwayne Whitaker played the pawn shop owner guy and the way his expression was in the in the in the scene and just his whole demeanor it was we used to have a lot of laughs about it so so actually standing you know on a front porch 
in, in a, at a cabin up in the North Georgia mountains, and I'm squaring off and having words and looking at this dude in the eye who plays that character was just a really cool thing. Like if my buddy would have been alive today, and I told him about this, I mean, he would, you know, he'd be, it'd be hilarious. I mean, it, it'd be, you know, he would be very excited for me. And so it made it kind of special, and even though I know it's kind of weird terms, but uh, mm-hmm. it's probably the most coolest thing that's happened to me since I've started this journey as an actor. Yeah, that, that's a really cool story. That would be amazing to meet somebody that had an impact like that back when you were younger. Yeah, amazing. and it was, I didn't know, I had no idea who this guy was. It was just totally un, unexpected and, you know, and that's, <laughs> I'll say in this industry, I mean, I've met a lot of people that I never would have thought I would meet and, you know, they're just people like you and I, there's, but it's just kind of neat to encounter people that you, that seemed untouchable, I guess, at, at some yeah. point, you yeah. know, it's, it kind of makes it, 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 in a way it kind of takes away a little bit of the, excitement or the, the 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 clout i guess maybe i should say that you have as you if you're not an actor and then you're talking like oh my god I, I'm, I'm standing next to tom cruise you know or whatever i mean it's right i don't really get that excited about that you know it's like well that's you know okay you know whatever i mean it's not to me it's not a big deal so it kind of robs you of that 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 excitement but the same token it's very cool to be able to you know meet people like this that's done some legendary stuff that everybody's seen at some point on, on TV. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly how it's been since these interviews have started. I've, I've realized not, not that, you know, the magic is lost or anything. Don't, don't get me wrong on that, but it seems, uh, the people that I've talked to, I realize they're people too, you know, and they have good stories and we all share a good laugh. So, yeah, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what what would you say started you or what made you want to follow this career choice? I've always been an artist, uh, even when I was a little kid. I used to uh, just I was a big uh, hand sketch artist. I would draw stuff and I was pretty good at it. And it just came natural. And I've, I've always seen uh things the artistic side of things mm-hmm. uh where most people don't and it's it's not that i'm you know some big you know yeah i will see me on the pbs making any paintings anytime soon <laughs> I just you know, i've always been an artist and i started playing guitar when i was about 12 and i was uh, really into it i learned really fast uh became a very good guitarist uh, as a young teen kind of came up through the ranks of the entertainment world like that. I was kind of, we had a little punk rock band and a lot of people, a lot of other young guys would ask me to teach them to play. And they were impressed by me busting out these crazy solos when we we're covering some of these hard rock bands that we used to listen to. And um, so that's, I've always been in the entertainment. As I got older, I actually had to grow up, you know, and I got married young and had children young and I had to get real young. Mm-hmm. So, I had to give all that up and I uh, walked away from it for quite a long time. I did get back into it later playing uh, out at local small gigs, usually by myself, solo acoustic gigs, singing and uh, playing covers, country music or, uh, you know, rock and stuff like that, whatever, you know, whatever's cool. Right. I even do a cover of, you know, some print stuff or whatever. I mean, just 
anything that people would recognize. I even got one by Cindy Lauper, Time After Time. It's interesting to hear <laughs> being like with a voice like mine singing Time After Time. But anyways, uh, so I've always been an, an artist, you know. And so my son, actually, when he was a little younger, he was a young teenager, and he had an interest in pursuing uh, modeling and acting and that kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, it's great. And so we went and got him an agent, got him some photos. He was a very good-looking kid. And uh, started doing some background work uh, in Atlanta back then. Things were really starting to take off as doing a lot of productions here. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just a lot of background work on some stuff like the Vampire Diaries and things like that. They're, they were shot here at the time. And um, him being a minor, somebody had to go with him. It was me or my wife. Somebody had to be on set with him. He also did some small independent stuff where he was like a featured extra or whatever. And, and one of these nights we were at, inside of an old bar for a movie set for a, a young up and coming director at the time who is now doing some pretty cool stuff. He was uh, shooting a film and my son was a featured background guy. It was a bar scene and it was raining really bad that night. A lot of the talent couldn't find the place. We were out there. I was out there trying to help this guy out, putting bright signs up, poster boards that I went and bought from the store for him, trying to get people to places at, you know. Right. And um, no, a lot of his background, people didn't show up. I mean, it's stuff that a lot of young independent filmmakers go through. Right. Yeah, I can see that. And at the time, I was new. I've never been on a film set. I didn't really know. You know, I just thought, Damn, this is taking forever. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, you know, I've learned that that's that's just the way it is. But anyhow, I uh, he asked me if I would fill in as a background guy, and so um, I did, and didn't know nothing about it. Just kind of like I was some another woman there. She she let us know what to you know to act like you're talking to have a conversation, but you're not making any noise, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, we did it for him, and then later on, he just kind of, the director started talking to me. He said, you know, he says, hey, man, have you ever done any acting? I said, no. And he says, well, you should. I was like, okay, thank you. And then he says, uh, you have an, a very important look. And it kind of struck me as odd. I'm like, what, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> an important look. I mean, what are you trying to say, man? Right. But I took it as a compliment, and... I just moved on. I didn't, didn't really do anything with it. You know, my son, he continued to, to do some more stuff and he, he did some auditions and bombed out. And I think he just lost interest in the industry and he was doing sports in high school and it just, it just wasn't for him. I think he learned that early on and I'm glad he did. But, right. uh, for me, I kept thinking about that, that day, that night. And, um, and then but ironically, I went to, look at a, a, a house. Uh, my wife had a physical therapist at the time. She had to have back surgery. So this physical therapist was coming to the house and I got to talking to her and they were, her and her husband were looking at a property to purchase, to rehab, to flip. So I went and looked at it for them. Uh, I, I'm also a business owner. I've been in construction my whole life. And so I was just looking at the house, giving them my thoughts about it. Oh, okay. That's her husband used to yeah, well, her, her husband used to be an actor, and um, he used to live out uh, in Los Angeles, and he he actually went to a popular acting studio called the Beverly Hills Playhouse. Oh, wow. Trained at, yeah. So at the time, you could have told me whatever. I, I had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> but 
I kept asking questions because I had an interest in it. And he said, you know, we got to talking about it. Finally, he's like, oh, so you're interested. I'm like, oh, yeah. So he suggested that I visit this acting studio that I didn't even know existed that was nearby where he taught at once a week. And so I did. And, and that's when it all started. I started learning about acting and how, you know, how it's not as easy as it looks. And, you know, <laughs> right. I, and I started uh, learning about, I first started doing background work and, you know, I learned a lot about how sets work and, um, and also just how much time was wasted, you know, being on set as a background guy, made it really tough. But, uh, I graduated from that to doing uh, photo double work and stuff like that, which I like that cause I get treated like one of the cast and I did it. Awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. And then I had a cool scene for the, an opening scene for the Vampire Diaries, uh, which was really cool. It was, uh, I think it's episode eight, 11, I think, uh, I'm the opening scene. I have a, I work with the stunt coordinator. I, the vampire talks to me and lets me know my employees having sex with my wife on every Wednesday at noon or something like that. Mm-hmm. This, this particular vampire could read minds. Right. So I, I get mad and I look at my guy and then next thing you know, you see me grabbing him and I'm slamming him against the glass and he's bleeding everywhere. It's a really cool opening scene. Now, wow, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, check it out. I don't say anything, but, you know, I say it with my eyes, but I'm actually I'm <laughs> a background guy. But it was a cool opportunity because I was actually, you know, I'm talking with this vampire guy, this popular on the show. I forget his name. I think, his name, they call, I think they call him Cage mm-hmm. or Kane or something like that. He was a, like a very evil vampire. And um, nice guy, by the way. And I was, you know, uh, had all the other background artists in there doing their scene in the coffee shop, like they're hanging out, getting coffee or whatever. And I'm, and I'm, you know, on the front. So it was a nice way, you know, it was a very cool thing to do when I was early on as an actor. And I was just blown away to actually get the chance to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a cool opportunity, man. And then from there, I just kept applying myself, kept training. I mean, I took it very serious. Uh, I treat it like a business because it is. Right, right, yeah. Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I've been very blessed, uh, lucky, uh, and you know, I put it, I put in a lot of hard work and made a lot of sacrifices just to get to where I'm at, which is really not that far. You know, I got a long ways to go, but it's a lot of other people up and coming in the industry, they look up to me and they, I'm very receptive to try to help anybody steer them in the right way if they want to hear my input about it. Uh, just to try to save people a lot of trouble because I've done a lot of things incorrect. And, you know, everybody thinks it, it's going to be a short journey for them, but it's not. It, it, it When a, a seasoned actor tells a new person that it is a marathon, not a sprint, that's the truth. It is the facts, man. Oh, and Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the long version of how I got into this mess. That was a, that was a perfect version. <laughs> you know it's always good to hear that though like that it's it's not an overnight thing a lot of people you know might get discouraged because they try to go into this and it doesn't happen overnight and they they just leave without really giving it a chance well um, you know and i'll tell you a large part of that is and, and it will it, it will chew you up i mean it, it can mess with your mind um you know but I am self-employed. I do own a business where I make my money from. Mm-hmm. 
make money from acting, that's just a bonus. Okay. But when I, as a business owner, you know, I know what's it, you know, it, it's an investment. You're always having to invest in yourself as an actor. That means as an actor, you know, you've got to make yourself presentable. You've got to have proper headshots. You know, you need footage. You need to, you need to work as much as you can free paid. It doesn't matter when you're, when you're first getting started, you got to yeah. be available. Uh, and so, you know, I did all those things. I mean, there's been times I remember, I remember, for instance, I, one time I went to a, a production down in Columbus, Georgia, which is two hours south of here. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, I was a main, going to be the main, one of the main characters of the show and sat in a dark warehouse that the guy almost caught on fire with his pyrotechnics. Oh my gosh. For 16 hours. I didn't leave there until the sun was coming up the next day, and we never shot in that one piece of footage. Wow, you know, what? Yes, and that's the kind of crap you'll run into when you're first getting going, doing independent stuff. You're working with people that are unprofessional too, you know, so you've got to, you've got to understand that. So it's a lot of sacrifices. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, it's going to – it's just – it's, it's not easy. A lot of people don't understand when you watch a show on Netflix or your favorite movie or whatever you go out and see, every little part that person in that film went through so much to be there, to be that cop that just says, hey, get on the ground. And that's all they do. That's all they say. You never see them again. Hmm. Man, it was, you know, 200, 300 people that auditioned for that one part, you know, and then they went through a huge selection process and the guy that actually booked it was just, I mean, it's just a miracle that he, that he booked it. It's, it's, it's very difficult to get selected to do, you know, good paying work, uh, to be a working actor. It's just a hard place to be because you're always chasing the next job, unfortunately. Yeah. And it gets, man, I, it's funny. Um, you know, I know two actors. Um, well, I don't know them well, but I know them enough. And uh, that one of them, uh, he recently took his own life, or, but they both have, but one of them recently took his own life uh, just the other day. And uh, he is an older gentleman, lived out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 80 years old, okay? But he's been an actor forever. I mean, since he was 20. And He's been in every show that if you're over the age of 30 that, I'm, that I could name that you would know, like Fantasy Island, uh, The Fall Guy, mm-hmm. you know, Simon and Simon. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He was in a lot of big stuff. But as he got older, things slowed down, you know, phone quit ringing, and he just, whatever reason, it finally got to him, and he literally killed himself. It's very sad. That is sad, yeah. And then another another actor here in Atlanta. This guy would have never in a million years thought he would do this to himself. This is a big guy. This guy was probably seven feet tall. He used to be in some kind of wrestling federation, you know, one of those guys, big mm-hmm. scary. And as a new actor, he got booked on some cool stuff. You know, his size and intimidation, intimidating looks helped with that a lot. Right. Uh, he was in uh, the movie Ride Along uh, with uh, – 
uh, what's that, uh, the little comedian guy and Ice uh, Ice Cube. Um, I forget his name. But anyways, he was the big biker guy that picked up uh, the little comedian. I forget his name, man. God. <laughs> Terrible names, man. Anyways, right. big part, you know, picks him up, says something to him, and, you know, throws him around, roughs him up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does some other cool stuff, some voiceover stuff and some other big, big stuff. Uh, but recently, uh, well, about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, he, he, uh, he took his own life, oh you know, gosh. that's just so sad. It is sad. And unfortunately the acting business, the entertainment business in general, you know, it can, it can mess with you. And, and what I mean by that is it can cause, you know, great depression, you know, cause you're constantly having to be chosen. You're having to be judged. You're having to be, um, you know, you're having to be accepted all the time, you know, yeah. and that's open for. And you, but at the same token, you've got to learn how to not think about that because it will eat you alive. So a lot of actors deal with that. Even your top talent that are making good money. I mean, they're, they're it's all the same. Um, you know, for me, I mean, I'm very lucky and blessed to have my own business. I do take acting serious. Don't get me wrong. And I've been in that position where I couldn't sleep. I was so excited about a role I knew I just had. And it turns out at the last second, I did not get it. When I, when I knew I had, they've already called my agent. They've already blocked out my dates. They've already called me and I've already met with the director and the producer. And I knew I had it. It was a, you know, a big scene for a, a movie, uh, Undercover Brother 2. Was, and I played a big redneck bar owner, had a big scene with the main guy, big fight. You know, it was going to be a really cool funny, you know, scene. And I knew I had it and I didn't. No, so, you didn't. Oh, wow. You, just, you know, you have to learn to deal with that. And that's tough, man. When you're really excited about something and then you try to use this as a career, man, that's tough. You know, it's yeah. a big letdown and it, and it, and I learned a lot from that, that happening to me. And I've had to learn to just, you know, I hate to say it, but you got to have the attitude like you really just don't give a damn. You know, I mean, it's like whatever, man. You want to hire me? That's great. If you don't, nope. Well, that's well, great. That's, yeah. that's some good <laughs> advice if I ever heard none. <laughs> well, so, you know, a lot of actors say say it, but it's hard to put in the in the motion. You know, because I mean, these opportunities don't come often. I mean, right. not 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 at that level. Yeah. You get a lot. Of stuff but not not like when those big moments that come they don't come often enough and there's a lot of people trying to be actors and a lot of people you know don't treat it like a business and they expect it to happen overnight and they're going to be oh they're going to get discovered somebody's going to see their beautiful face and they're just going to think like oh my god this is who we're looking for you our whole lives right <laughs> it does not work that way at all and um it just takes time you have to work it and you got to learn to deal with it the the toughness of it, which is what I just said, yeah. having to how to get told no a thousand times just to hear one yes, right. and that is. So, do you have um, any projects that you're working on, or something um, that you? I know that there's probably NDAs and things like that, but do you have anything you want to promote? Something you want to get out there? Well, um, right now I don't have anything. Well, I got a couple things coming up. I have a, a project called uh, Vixens and Villains. Oh, no, okay. Project. It's a it's a um, 
It's it shoots out in Houston, Texas. It's with some, with some people that I don't know. I've met them indirectly, mm-hmm. and uh, but I'm excited to work with them. They look like they have a pretty good cast, pretty good team. Um, it's looking good. What I've seen so far, I have a supporting role. I'm like a head FBI cop guy that brings down the uh, the bad guys. Um, so well, that's a heck of a supporting role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. And uh, and then uh, there's another one, uh, a series, a pilot with it that we're about to shoot here in a couple of weeks. Okay. I, I, the first episode, yeah, I'm just voice only, but I'm, there, I'm the head of a crooked security operation. I'm the head guy. Oh, wow. Corrupt. We do a lot of shady stuff. But the next episode is when I really come to light. That's when my character... Uh, you know, really starts because you know, I'm the I'm the leader of the little the, all the bad guys and you know right we got to rough so get to rough people up but uh, that's so cool. that's what I right away that's what I have going and then um, I just shot a cool commercial for uh, uh, there's a cable company called Comcast I don't know if yep. they had okay yep I've uh, heard of Comcast before. All right. Well, I, I just did a commercial with them guys, which was cool because they shoot their own stuff. They don't they don't source it out. They actually shoot their own commercials, which is very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's really cool. They had a uh, commercial. They wanted somebody crazy, funny, and this was a neat opportunity because most of the time you have to audition for stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had a casting director reach out to me saying that the the client for this commercial, which was Comcast, they were interested in me. And I was like, wow, that's cool. So I was like, well, send me the stuff. I'll audition, whatever, you know. And um, and then about an hour later, she calls or messages me back. She says, never mind. They don't want to do that. They just they just want to hire you. Oh, I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, they saw my footage. Uh, I had a, a piece of a reel up. I don't know where they saw it at somewhere of... Uh, I did another pilot for Sony PlayStation Network a couple of years ago, and I played this crazy golf cart sales dude. And it's it's the I'm the comedy break of the episode of this of this pilot, and I uh, I'm really passionate about selling these damn golf carts, man. And I'm talking to this act, this other the main character. You don't know that I'm talking about golf carts until we get to the very end of the scene, so it's kind of makes it even funnier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking out every sales pitch known to man, you know. I'm like, <laughs> the, you know, like it's it, it is it was very crazy in the way that the angle they shot it and then maybe look even crazier. So it was a very funny thing, and they saw that, and that's exactly what they wanted. It was a that kind of guy. So, anyways, I go out to Athens, Georgia, which is out in UGA country. I don't know if you're familiar with the Georgia Bulldogs, but it's a big thing here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this client is for a car dealership that's based out there. And um, anyways, he, we shot a commercial for his car dealership. And I play this crazy, um, you know, idiotic, you know, I'm the guy that took took 20, you know, maybe 10 years to finish college and every sorority house knew who, knew who I was, you know, <laughs> I'm that guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's cool. He's, you know, I'm like, the, I'm about to take flight with a bunch of balloons tied to a chair. And it's, <laughs> it's just over the top. I'm really insane. And I'm talking to my buddy or it could be my brother that's all put together and he's all dressed nice and, you know, and I'm all crazy and just, so it was, I had a lot of fun shooting that. So, um, 
it's going to it's supposed to air during all the uh, especially during the UGA games. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. So uh, it should be coming out real soon. I, they didn't make it last weekend because I, I watched the Notre Dame some of it, uh, and I didn't see the commercial come on during the break. Okay. But uh, that's definitely be com- something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it's just kind of cool. So people that know me locally, they'll they'll see me and they'll all get a good laugh out of it, you know. But it, stuff like that's fun to get, and I like playing that crazy goofy dude. And well, that's which the, is, that's the beauty of today's day and age. Is as soon as that thing comes on, five minutes later, it'll be all over the internet. So. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It should if it comes together right. I saw I saw the playback and the, what they kept already. Mm-hmm. And it is funny, man. It's crazy. So I hope it's well received, and it, you know some of the quality is good. Is good. I hadn't seen all the cutaways, and you know how they're going to sync all that up. But, but, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, it'd be a funny little spot, and just hope it gets attention, and then maybe somebody else down the road. Comcast told me they 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 really like me. They love what I did for them, and uh, they said that uh, they're keeping me as one of their preferred actors. And oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of work that's awesome as an actor is that, you know, they're going to call you. You don't even need to audition. They, they know they already want you. So Right, and they know what you can do. So that's, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, man. And then uh, cool. recently I, had, I did something else kind of neat the, uh, a week or two ago, um, which was I had another actor friend of mine refer me to this. Uh, he, he just stays very busy. He lives up in South Carolina. He does a lot of commercial work. Uh, which is kind of odd because he looks kind of like a like a like a bad guy. Like he he would make a good biker. Oh, okay. He uh he kind of like um has you know sleeve tattoos on his arms. Yeah. Anyways, he he referred me to a um to to send some pictures to him for a modeling shoot, and uh, I was like, okay, we paid good money, so I was like, all right, sure, man. And um, they wanted they wanted me to do it, and it wound up being the guys. You've heard of have you have you ever heard of Gorilla Grip Gorilla Grip gloves or um, Grease Monkey gloves? They sell them in all the Home Depots. Yeah, I've so, heard of those before. Yeah, so it was for them. So we're modeling. Oh, wow, we're nice. looking like mechanics with the gloves on. I'm cleaning. I'm the guy that's cleaning the Ferrari, and then he's the one under like like the car, looking like a real. I'm like the weekend well-to-do cleaned up guy that would use (laughs) he's the rough guy that's the professional mechanic guy you know right right so they did a lot of shooting and stuff like that so uh you know who knows what they'll do with that you know i mean it you know we'll see where it where it goes but that's amazing though yeah i mean you just never know i mean you know i mean just being an actor or something like as long as you stay stay with it you know and i've had some dry spells where nothing's happening and Right. And everybody goes through that. So you just got to stay the course and keep applying yourself and, and keep, you treat it like a business, you know, and, and, and be professional and neat things will happen. You know, and we're talking about all these the good things, you know, we could talk about the bad, but you know, there's no point in it. It doesn't right. matter. Yep. But you know, I've, I've heard, you know, man, just in the, I could go back and look at the submissions where I've submitted myself to projects and didn't, didn't even get an audition or the auditions that I've actually gotten for some that were very good auditions through my agency as a series regular on an upcoming big show that's going to be on Netflix. Uh, another one for really good roles on MacGyver. A lot of other stuff that are big, big, big characters 
that I did get to audition for, but I didn't book it, you know? So it's just part of life, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. It'll happen one day. Uh, you know, when it does, that's great. But uh, these little things in between, doing commercials and pilots and whatever you can do. Yeah, got to uh, keep going, got to keep building that resume. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, we have uh, reached the end of the show. Um, I tried to keep them about 30 minutes. Uh, so what I would like to do at the very end here is kind of um, let you go ahead and uh, let anybody know how uh, you would prefer, like if you want people to contact you. If you don't want people to contact you, you don't have to say anything at all. But, you know, you can kind of throw out there where people can see more of Eric Morris. Yeah, I mean, the number one place to keep up with some of the uh, projects that I'm doing, especially for film, is just to go to uh, IMDb. It's an uh, international movie database, and you can search for my full name, which is my actor's name, which is Eric James Morris. Uh, that's the best way to find some projects that I've done in the past and ones that I have coming up. Uh, you won't see my commercials or all the other stuff. It's pretty much just film or uh, or series types that type of episodics. You know, you'll see that kind of stuff on there. Cool. You can also come to uh, my uh, Facebook. Um, I have a professional page. I don't use much, but it's named Eric James Morris. You can come to my personal page if you like. It's just uh, Eric Morris, and then the number two. And, uh, you know, send me a friend's request. Um, I think I, I still have some space on my list. And um, <laughs> it's always good to, you know, connect with good people. And yeah. I surround myself with, uh, with uh, you know, good folks, like good energy. So uh, uh, Instagram, I post a lot of personal stuff. I, I, I do uh, cycling and running and stuff like that. So I'll post stuff about that. But you can find me there. It's just Eric James Morris, all one word. All Those right. are three best places to find me, man. And if you're ever in Atlanta, you got nothing better to do, send me a message. We'll get some coffee. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Morris, it has been a absolute pleasure talking with you. You're a really nice guy. I've had a really great interview hearing your stories and your advice. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Breaking the Fourth Wall. Thank you for another successful episode. And stick around. we got another one coming out uh, next Monday. Thank you, and see you all later. Yeah.